Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hey guys, welcome to an episode of Cheaper Than Therapy, where we're just going to sit down and bring you guys in on one of our chats as we love to do from time to time. It feels like whenever we have a conversation between the two of us, where then something comes up or like feels alive Mm -hmm. for us and almost like hash it out together. And then like, why not just push record while we're doing that? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And, you know, you've been traveling for a few weeks, so Mm -hmm. I feel like I was excited to get to sit down with you. And we were actually going to do it um, for the first time, like recording in the same room and life as mamas. (laughs) Never happens. Never happens. We work and we get to sit down in whatever way we can. So I'm excited to see you and talk. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the fact that I have now said to about three people since yesterday when we talked Um, that while I can maybe not even empathize, while I can sympathize, Mm. I have such a hard time understanding like true introverts. (laughs) I'm so glad that you said I have a hard time empathizing because as um, someone who's, I would say like on the spectrum of introversion, I'm pretty far on the introversion side. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You're like, yes, I concur. Um, And also, sorry, I'm getting over a cold because I had a toddler that gave it to me because as we all know, toddlers are dirty little creatures, germ buckets. (laughs) Holy dirty little creatures. They're dirty little germ carriers. How aggressive me. Um, Yes, they're germ carriers. I don't know if they're dirty creatures. (laughs) Sure. Um, I think they're. And back to introverts, (laughs) those dirty little creatures. Just kidding. Um, 
Yes, but I think that if you are more on the extroverted spectrum of things, it is very difficult to empathize with what it actually feels like to be in an introvert's skin. You know, I think we've talked before about like how much like in relationships, a lot of times one person will be the more introverted and one will be the more extroverted in the dynamic. And I find, you know, especially with couples, it ends up creating a lot of friction. I certainly experienced it so much um, in my own relationship. You know, I think in my marriage more than in other relationships, because I think what ends up happening um, for introverts a lot of times is that they end up really sort of um, being really good shapeshifters and like pretending that they are not feeling what they feel because society deeply rewards extroversion, right? Mm -hmm. It is um, almost sort of shameful to be the way that you are in an introvert skin. And, um, and I think we pick up on that very young and sort of like, because it's so sort of like frowned upon by the people we're coming in contact with, we learn how to pretend we're not feeling what we feel. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it might be useful just to sort of like start off by like defining like what is the difference, right? Right. And I think it's important also, you know, I always, I don't know, I find myself on a bit of a crusade lately to talk about like pop psychology terms and bring them back to, you know, where they came from and what the real meaning is. I did this the other day with like the unconscious versus the subconscious. Um, Introversion and extroversion as terms were coined by Carl Jung. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, And they really were coined to specifically reference how somebody fills up when they feel depleted, Mm -hmm. when they feel spent, you know, emotionally tired. Um, You know, do you pull inward and need, you know, quiet time, alone time, um, one-on-one deep engagement time? Like, does that fill your soul? Or do you go outward? And do you need to be around a lot of people and energy and, and kind of expending energy? And does that help you fill up, right? I think a lot of people confuse introversion for being shy and extroversion for being outgoing. And that's not in any way, actually, what it is. Because you can be an outgoing introvert and you can be a shy extrovert. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that you're right. That is so often why people like people are so often like taken back when I tell them how introverted I am because I'm not shy at all. Right. Um, And I think that there are different like there's spectrums of like how introversion feels for you. Mm -hmm. For instance, I can get very filled up when I come over and spend time with you. That actually fills my tank up because I feel safe, because I feel seen, because it doesn't feel like work. It's not small talk. We drop right into the depth. You'll tell me like the deepest truths of like whatever is happening with you. So I don't have to sort of, you know, I, I experience introversion is very like, you're sort of, um, attempting to make sense of like scenarios. It's almost like a social anxiety a lot of times, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you're, um, it's very much on the spectrum of, and you know, you and I have like a little bit of a difference of opinion on like what it is to be an empath, but it's almost like energy overwhelm, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can get very overwhelmed with how difficult it is for me to make small talk and attempt to get to know someone that I don't feel comfortable around. Like I can do it. Certainly. I don't enjoy it. Whereas if I'm sitting and like spending time with you, I will enjoy that because it's easy. Um, 
which is a lot of why people will be like, if you're so introverted, how come you're a therapist? And I'm like, because in therapy, we drop right into the depth. There's no small talk. There's no facade. We go straight to the heart of the matter. Well, and here's what's interesting about that. I'm actually a rarity in the therapy world, right? Mm -hmm. So the vast majority of therapists are actually introverts. And I learned really, really early on, you know, we've talked about this, like I was an intern still when I was like, oh no, I don't actually want to do this full time. This doesn't do it for me. This actually exhausts me. And like, I'm not saying like, no offense to my clients. I love you. But what I'm saying when it exhausts me is like when it is all day back to back and I have a ton of clients, it completely drains me. I love having a very small amount of clients that I see and that I'm very close with and that I, you know, we've been doing this work for a long time and it's deep and all that stuff. Um, But I learned very early on, I needed to keep that to a minimum and I need to do other things. Like I need to be teaching. I need to be speaking in front of groups. I need to be whatever it is. Right. But I really learned pretty quickly that I was almost like an odd man out in the therapy world. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it was fascinating to be in grad school with you because I feel like there was something in like that you carried a lot of the like emotional weight, which, you know, we've talked about it a lot of times. Overfunctioner. <laughs> what you do. Um, but I remember like there would be moments where like someone new would come and sit at a table. I feel like I've, I've told this story many times and like they would come sit at our table with like a lot of people at the table. They would sit next to me and you would be, you know, you would say hi, but then you would be preoccupied in conversation. And I would attempt to like try to make small talk with this new person. And I would feel myself just being like depleted and flooded. And I don't want to do this and get me out of here. And I would literally like look to you and be like, V, V, could you get back over here? And I will like pull you into the conversation because I was like, I was tired of attempting to make small talk with someone that like, it didn't feel comfortable to make small talk with. And you would jump in and, you know, we always joke like, you can make small talk with a wall. Like you can Mm -hmm. talk to anyone for hours. I Mm -hmm. literally am always never cease to be amazed at how much you can talk to anyone about anything. I can't do that. Right. Like there are some people it is very difficult for me to be in conversation with because they just, they're maybe a little bit more guarded, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. a little bit more, they're um, not giving you something to play off of almost. Yeah. If you're not letting me see you, I, I feel very, um, I pull back from that for some reason. Like it's really hard for me to stay engaged in those spaces. Well, so what's interesting about that is that this idea of if you're not letting me see you, mm-hmm. I feel like one of the skills that I have that goes along with this ability to like talk to a brick wall, right? Mm-hmm. And like talk to anybody um, is I actually have, and I, and I consider this a skill of mine, I can meet you. And in five minutes, I've made you feel so comfortable that you actually are going deep with me, even if I've only met you five minutes ago, right? That's true. So so it's almost like even if I meet somebody who at the jump is like guarded and not showing me, in a weird way, I almost take it as a challenge where Mm. I'm like, okay, just wait. Like I give it five minutes and you're going to be like super in it with me. We're going to be laughing. You're going to be telling me your deepest secrets because I have an ability to do that where I like just get in and make people comfortable. And I don't know if that's an extrovert thing or not. I mean, probably it is, but um, it's like, I take that as a personal challenge. Whereas you're like, fuck this. <laughs> well, I think that's a couple things. I certainly think that may be an extrovert quality and that like you, 
like you enjoy that game. Like you think mm-hmm. that that's sort of like fulfilling <laughs> you on a little bit, I guess, as you're talking about it. But there's also like the overfunctioner, the like, you mm-hmm. know, like make everybody way, comfortable. Yeah. The codependent <clears throat> tendencies from childhood, right? Like the ways that like, it was my job to make sure everybody was good. Whereas like I would shut down and go inward and I'm going in my room. I'm done with you people. You're too much mm-hmm. for me. I'm flooded in this energy. I think it's just different ways that um, maybe we, coped with stressors, like different survival mechanisms. Well, so that's interesting. So then is, is introversion, extroversion, something you're born with? And I actually don't know the answer to this. I would have to research more of Jung's theories, but are you born that way or are, do you adapt? I think, I think personally, it is your nature, how you're born, because I see so many people in same family systems have very different reactions to what right. is happening in the family system. Right. So like, well, right. And I guess I can say that cause I see that with my kid, right? Like I think she totally. was already born with totally. like some extroversion. Yeah. My kid is like literally been here to like make, came here to make me uncomfortable. He is the biggest extrovert on the planet. It has nothing to do with me and anything that's happened. He was born that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's fascinating to watch like how much he gets fed by being in the con- like interactions with other people yeah. and I'm like yeah no uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah which is interesting um and like why does it matter right mm-hmm. um because I think that and we've talked about this I end up getting so much of my client base like for whatever reason you know we believe that psyche sort of draws people to you um but so much of the work that I do with clients, I end up drawing introverts in who have spent so much of their experience, their lives, like really feeling a lot of shame about the way that they experience the world. So opposite. So many of my clients are extroverted. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it always happen mm-hmm. that way though, right? And it's interesting how much like, I mean, we talk about like in relationships, you know, like um, I think I've never, well, you know, Uh, since understanding these things about myself, like there are Mm -hmm. so many ways it was so deeply healing for me to have a therapist name. This is what this is, Mm -hmm. right? Because I grew up in a family of just like deeply extroverted women. Um, very much. (laughs) They're so similar to you. My mom will sit down on an airplane with someone. And by the end of that flight, we'll know every detail about every person in their family and want to tell me about it. And I'm like, that's fascinating. Like I literally put the biggest headphones on possible. So you know, not to talk to me on an airplane. Um, but it's just, you know, the ways that we were different. And it's so funny. I was having this conversation with my mom. I can't remember if I told you about this and if she's listening, I hope she won't be hurt by this, but it's, you know, a little <laughs> the truth of what happened. Um, last time she was in town, we were talking about me being an introvert, right? And I don't think for whatever reason, we've even had this conversation. And it, it strikes me because, you know, as depth psychologists, like this is something we talk about so often. And it's become a little bit more a part of um, like the cultural vernacular. Vernacular, thing. yeah. <clears throat> but it's still for a lot of people is sort of a new concept, like introversion yeah. versus Well, at least like the true understanding of it, right? Yeah. I think I was talking about like why this last year, I've actually been really okay because as an introvert, it's really sort of been easy for me to, you know, just drop into the space of being alone all the time. Whereas like you maybe like, you're just like banging your head against the wall, like ready for contact with people. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny, like a couple hours went by and she came to me with like tears in her eyes. And she said, I'm so sorry, you are an introvert. 
I can't imagine like what that has been like for you Mm. to um, experience life that way. And I looked at her and I understood why she was saying it, how she was like understanding it as like a deficiency in me. Right, right. And I said, mom, I'm not. Well, but it's a deficiency in the culture we live in, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can see how she would look at it like that because like it can be viewed that way. You now have done so much work around it and have embraced it so much and I've done so much like, um, you know, just like self-love, like the work that comes around with like self-acceptance that I feel like now you can probably say like it's not a deficiency. But I wonder if you would have said that like when you were 12. Oh, no. I mean, and... I think I, so much of like the struggles that I went through, like in my adolescence, I think I I used to do a lot of things to make myself more comfortable. Like I was always the person at the party that like needed to take the edge off. Like, let me get a beer so I can like do the small Mm -hmm. talk. So I can do a little bit of the performative extroversion that Mm -hmm. society expects me to do. Um, I absolutely understand why as a mother, it would feel like, oh, my child has this thing that um, she's struggled with. And Mm -hmm. to your point, now I feel like my introversion is my superpower. It makes me sort of feel like I am able to um, be with you in the spaces that you might feel shame around or that you might feel like nobody's going to understand this. And I'm like, talk to me about it. I love it. I like, you know, I'm so here for it. Um, and I think it, it just like really gives me a sense of purpose, but yeah, I think you have to get to that point of like understanding your nature before you can sort of shed whatever society tells you you're supposed to be and feel okay. Well, and then how does it show up in relationships? Right. Because I have a lot of intro- introverted friends, um, and my partner is is pretty introverted. De- definitely an outgoing introvert, but he's definitely introverted, um, which a lot of people don't know about him when they like know his persona on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then they meet him, and they're like, you know, they find it almost weird that he's very like, I don't want to make small talk with you. <laughs> he like it's so weird. Sounds by like meeting people standoffish when you first meet him. Like, totally well, I think they almost think he's a dick, right? And he and and he's because he kind of comes across that way, but it's not that he is. He just doesn't like you he doesn't enjoy the small talk and he's very like let me stand back and observe until I feel comfortable and then I'll and then I'll engage you know but obviously if you're meeting him for the first time you don't know that mm-hmm. um but I you know I think similar to you I think it's only shown up for me in this relationship probably because of my awareness around it mm-hmm. um and it's been a struggle or at least it was in the beginning I think because that coupled with my codependent tendencies, that coupled with my over-functioning tendencies was always looked like me, you know, we would be out and about or like at parties or whatever. And he's retreating. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in the corner by himself or, you know, what he usually does, which is like, you look around and John's gone. And he's like in the bedroom taking a nap when we're like having a party and there's 20 fucking people in the other room. <laughs> and in the beginning, I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Are you okay? Are you okay? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know, and um, I still have to work on just letting him be him and letting me be me and not taking it personally um, and not taking like how he shows up as like a reflection of myself um, or around other people. And you know, I will tell like even yesterday. So this whole conversation started because we had had plans to, for you to come over, we were going to, you know, record a conversation and then we were going to just hang out, whatever with the kids and a girlfriend, like a mutual friend, a girlfriend of mine was like, Oh, I'm going to have people over to the pool. You know, it's, we're recording this Memorial day weekend. 
And I like got super excited. I was like, oh, turns out, by the way, it's literally just going to be her and her husband. Um, but she, you know, I texted you and I was like, oh, hey, like, what if we went to her house and like, if we really, you know, it'd be good for Logan. Like, let's maybe go to this pool party. And you so quickly were like, nope. And I have to tell you in that moment, there was a part of me that was like, I had to weigh like, okay, I want to see Danae. I haven't seen Danae in a while. Mm. I committed to hanging out with Danae. And COVID has been really fucking hard on me. Yeah. You know, like my exact words were like, Mm. I feel like the walls are closing in on me. Mm. I am. I love you and I love John, but I am so sick of one-on-one time. I can't even fucking tell you. With the two of us, like we've literally been all you've gotten for like over a year. Like I love you, but like I am so sick of it just being like me and one other person in a room. And like, yeah, there's a part of me that's like, I, you know, I was just talking, I went out to dinner last night with a friend of mine and and she's very extroverted too. And I was like, I want to be in a dark, sweaty bar surrounded by other human beings. We don't even have to be talking. I just want them to be like shoulder to shoulder. I need like the energy of other human beings around me. And it makes me crazy that I haven't been able to do that. Um, And it's real. It's real. (laughs) It's a struggle. I'm so glad that you just described it in the exact way that you did, because as someone who was in a relationship with an extrovert for a very long time, it took me so long to get to the point of my quick nope when I don't want to do things. So mm-hmm. that's that's point one, right? Mm-hmm. That there was a like a period of time where I wouldn't have wanted to disappoint you. I would mm-hmm. have been upset or you know afraid that you would be irritated with me. And so I would have done something that I didn't want to do and just been there and been like, oh, how, how long do I have to be here? And I just felt on such a visceral level, what so much of the time it feels like to be an extrovert and, um, and want the people that you care about to want to be with you and also need more than just this person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's tough. It's a really tough thing. Cause even as you're talking about being in a bar with people shoulder to shoulder, like I feel a little like twinge in my mm-hmm. my neck come in um because it's so not what I want to do and be and you know for me I think the solution if there is one is a little bit of like how do we not take this personally and allow each other to be in the true nature of who we are right um And I don't know, like you're in a relationship right now with someone where this is like the waters that you're navigating. So I'd be curious to know how this feels for you. But what I ended on in my previous relationship was, please go. Mm -hmm. I want you to. I just don't want to be there with you. And I need that to be okay. And that is hard. And like it to wasn't hear that okay. as an extrovert. No. And like, I actually, you know, when you say like, can we be okay with each other? Like being in our own, like whatever it is that's like, feels right for us. I actually wonder if like, like what is the compromise? Well, what is the compromise? What is the compromise? Right? Like I, I feel like as the extrovert and this is, I mean, COVID is different. It's been a very different situation. Um, my last relationship, I, I don't actually know. I don't think if I know if he was really an extrovert or introvert, I know he was very outgoing and I know he drank a lot for social lubrication. Mm-hmm. Right. But we were out and about 
95% of the time. Now, first of all, we lived in New York. That was also just part, New York in itself is an extroverted city, right? Yeah. Like the place itself. Um, that's we were where out. I hated living. I know, I know, right? <laughs> and that's why I loved it. Um, 95% of the time we were out with other people, right? Um, but with my current partner, I feel like I compromise so often mm. in the sense of like, yes, I'll stay home with you. Yes. And again, let's take this last year out of the equation, but like, yes, I'll sit home tonight and watch a movie. Yes. I'll stay home and we'll make dinner and, and just be us. Yes. We'll do something just you and I. And like, to be honest, I think this is part of my struggle in relationship where sometimes I feel a little bit like I need to get out of here. Like I need to not be around you. I love you, but I don't want to be around you. I want to be around other people and, or I want to be around you, but I want you to be with me <laughs> around other people. Um, and so it, sometimes it feels almost like I'm doing more of the compromising for the introvert in my relationship. So I'm curious to know how you feel about that. Well, here's what I want you to talk to me about. Talk to me about the, the struggle around, and I want you with me, right? Because that was always like where I landed with mm -hmm my ex was like, I like, I love that you are such a social butterfly and this fills you up and it makes you happy. I want you to be happy. Go be happy. That does not fill me up. That does not make me happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would, sometimes I would like, I, I think where we landed a lot of times was like, you stay, I'm going home. Right. right? Like but, you show up for the beginning kind of thing. But there was always like an undertone of resentment around mm -hmm. me leaving or, um, or me not wanting to go, you know, to whatever it is. Like, I feel like I don't have someone with me. So talk to me about the need for that person to be in it with you. Help me. Well, for me personally, I don't think it's necessarily always that I need to be around complete strangers. Like that doesn't necessarily equate to the filling up, right? Mm -hmm. For me, sometimes, sometimes for sure. I'm like, I just need bodies. Like I just need that energy of humans. Um, but I think it's also, it's, it's like a combination of, the energy of other people and having my people. Mm -hmm. So like for me, my ideal Friday night is not actually sitting home. Well, I mean, it is sometimes, right? But like, if we're just talking introversion, extroversion, it's not really necessarily sitting home with one person. It's like having a dinner party with 10 of my people. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it's like, I want you with me because you are my person. And I actually do want to like, I know you, I want to laugh with you. I want to talk with you. And I want to do it in the context of also having the energy around me of other people. And so that's why I think what I struggle with. But I got to say that statement and that scenario feels very different in my body than a bar full of people shoulder to shoulder that I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'm down for that. Right. Like a group of people that like we know, and like, you know, like you have like, um, the word's not coming to me, but you have like backyard fire, but like, yeah, you know, hangs all the time. And like, that feels good to me. That feels like a deep exhale to me. Why does that feel different to you than being with like, let's say me, or let's say your ex where let's say there's 50 people, you do know 10 of them most likely, but then there are still those 40 people that you don't know, like whether it's a bar or somebody's backyard. This is where you're going to, you're going to disagree with me, but I think that's the empath in me. I think that that is like too much energy. I think that is like, I start to feel an energy overload because I'm taking in all of the different, like, um, like I used to like things like Navy Pier in Chicago, I would feel myself almost in a panic attack, mm -hmm. how much energy there was nothing happening. Just like is it empath or is it more like 
like highly sensitive person, like, like, uh, stimulus overload. I, I experience them as very similar. Um, <laughs> I think that, that that is a little bit what like highly sensitive people feel like. I think I get very, um, the reason I call it empath a lot of times is because my understanding of what that is in me is that like, I am picking up on the energy of like, what someone is feeling that I've never met, right? Like I can very much like tune into mm-hmm. what someone's feeling. And like, if it's a ton of people around me that I don't know, and I'm picking up on their energy, I feel flooded. I feel like it's too much. I shut down. I want to go inward. And mm-hmm. so it just feels very different when you say like 10 people that we know sitting around, I feel safe. Like mm-hmm. safety is always like what it comes back to. Like, I don't have to be on, I don't have to sort of defend against anything. Um, it just feels like, yeah, that feels filling, but a, a big stimulus situation doesn't feel that way for me. Yeah. And I do think like, I do think age has something to do with it. Like I, I'm starting to think more and more that even as um, extroverts, the older I've gotten, the more need I've had for low stimulus environments, one-on-one time, quiet, right? Like I do actually get more overwhelmed more quickly than I used to when I'm out and about um, in very kind of high energy environments. Doesn't mean that I don't still need it occasionally, but it's definitely different than when I was like 25. Um, But I guess, again, like going back to this idea of like compromise, like what does that look like in a relationship? Well, what does that look like in a relationship also when the extrovert happens to also be the fucking codependent, right? Which we can do and I can say it's also the case in your relationship because the problem is, is like we both want to show up authentically, right? If the work is to not self-abandon and to show up authentically, then that would constantly mean that I'm leaving and going off by myself and you as my partner are sitting home. And like, that doesn't feel good either. <laughs> Your face as you said that just looks so sad. <laughs> well, it just doesn't feel good. Like that doesn't feel, I don't know. That doesn't feel good to me because then we're never together. Like, and the only time that we're together is like when I'm staying home with you. <laughs> that feels like black and white thinking to me. It for, it for sure is, which is why I'm trying to work it out. But it feels like, like again, and I don't know if this is like the extroversion and the codependency overlapping. It feels like where the compromise is in, is in the extrovert staying home. Well, maybe, right? But is the compromise somewhere in the realm of what you were talking about? Like we do our extroversion type activities together in a way that feels safe for the introvert, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe it's not like maybe when I want to go to a club or I want to be at like a festival. I don't know when you're going to a festival. <laughs> you haven't since I'm, maybe you are. Um but maybe when that is what I feel hungry for, I grab another one of my extrovert friends and that is what I indulge in. Yeah aspects of myself. But when I'm with my partner who that's never going to feed their soul, I sort of say, why do I need to force them into this box, this space that's really not going to be in any way filling for them? Yes, we may do dinner parties. Yes, we we may have some things that are like not just the two of us, but I also take into account like what, what sort of pleasure they're going to get from this thing that they will just never derive pleasure from. I think that was always my struggle in my relationship was like, if you know, I so much am not going to enjoy this. Why why do you want me? I don't understand. Like I could never like wrap my head around, like, why does that feel like you just want my physical body there unhappy? That feels weird to me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I I mean, 
I know that it's not the same in your relationship because you are very clear about I'm good. Well, let me rephrase this. In that relationship, you were very good with you go, I'm going to stay home. I promise I'm okay with it. And that's a whole bigger. We'll, we'll check back in if you're in a relationship with, you know, an extrovert that you're like crazy head over heels with. And they're like, all right, cool. I'm going to this party by myself because you don't want to. Mm. You cool with that. Like I, it might change right for you. And then what does that compromise look like? Um, but that's the thing. I think for me, it's like, but are you really okay with staying home? Like you say you are. Yes. And maybe in my relationship, it doesn't feel necessarily like there, like there is a resounding yes. I actually do think there's a little bit very subtle, unspoken guilt sometimes that's put on me for being like, well, I'm going out <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Just because you don't want to doesn't mean I'm staying home. Yeah. Well, and I think that is where it is on the introvert to take responsibility mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And that is your part. Just like I'm, I'm asking you as the extrovert to take responsibility for like, if I want to be a festival, can I take responsibility for finding someone who's going to actually enjoy doing that right. to go with me? I think then in the case that you're describing, it's on the introvert to take responsibility for like, if what I know that I need is not that I don't get to put that pressure on my um, extroverted partner to like, you know, be with me all the time. Like mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, I don't know. I feel pretty confident in the fact that that is not something I will experience. I remember Goldie Hawn, um, talking about her relationship with Kurt Russell in a way that just like resonated so deeply for me. Like it's that held and free thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am someone who's actually really, really good in a relationship, but I don't ever want the door like slammed shut. Like I will be home most of the time, but I want to feel free. I want to feel like there's no, like, this is who you need to be mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. alongside me. I want to feel like I am like here and held by you, but I'm free to be in the truth of my nature in this relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like add kids and logistics into that. And like, it's a lot yeah, harder. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's the complexity for sure of the conversation. Don't even get me started on what it feels like to be an introvert as a soccer mom. <laughs> that's the thing there's like a meme that's like introverts attempting to make small talk with other moms it's like hello I see that you have made a child I too have made a child I I see we're supposed to have a conversation about this meanwhile I'm like can I get my kid to school any faster so I can meet some damn people already Also because she's freaking social and I know she needs it. I was talking to a, another mom friend and she's like, I just don't think I'm ready talking about her kid going to school. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't think I'm ready either. Like I think about her going to school and it like, you know, guts me, which I think it does for most moms. And I think it's what she needs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing it because it's, I think it's really important for her. She's just a very social kid again, like whether it's extroversion or introversion, who knows? I think it might be a little bit too early to know. I, I think she's just outgoing, right? Logan she could be is a little extrovert. <laughs> but she's, she's outgoing. She's social, but like, who knows if that's, what's going to like fill her fill up. Her right. Up. Like, I'm not sure, but I do know she's outgoing and I do know she likes being around people. And so it's not about whether or not I'm ready. Like she needs it. And so that's why I'm doing it. And let's be real, I'm going to get the benefit of meeting other moms out of it too. So there's that. But yeah, maybe it is a little bit, this conversation, like going back to this partner thing, it is the conversation around each person kind of taking ownership and responsibility for what does compromise look and feel like? 
And then how can I make sure that I'm owning my part in it? Like, how can I make sure to your point, like if I'm the introvert and I do want to stay home, there's nothing wrong with that, but can I do it in a way that my partner doesn't feel like they then have to stay home too, right? If they really want to go do something, then why can't I be okay with them going and doing their thing, right? And then getting into all the whys and digging around in that, I guess. Yeah, that I I have some pretty like judgmental opinions. I mean, you know, I just, I feel like that's really like not a reasonable ask, right? Like if I want right. to be home all the time, I I would never feel like it's reasonable for me to ask that of my partner, right? Like, because I can under, and I think a lot of why I understand that so much is because society has conditioned me to understand, like people need to be around people. That's what I've always understood to be like the more quote, normal way of being. Um, and just because that's not how I feel or not what I desire, there's no reason at all. Like that feels deeply codependent to, mm-hmm. um, to ask you to be in that space with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And I think that actually would add some clarity for some people listening because I've, I think my entire life, even since I was younger and people were getting into relationships, you hear those stories of the couples that are like, you know, you go out and they get mad kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, think that that was- Visceral reaction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do too. For me, it's less about the codependent side and more about like the, I have a really hard time with jealousy. Um, like it's just, it's a really, it's a thing that I just like have- so little tolerance for. Um, and so I actually don't think I've ever been in a relationship with somebody who so outwardly is not okay with it because I just don't think I would ever be in a relationship with someone like that. Like I think it would last all of two seconds, you know, but I know a lot of people who are, it's hard. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I'm glad we talked about it because I think sometimes, um, it gives some clarity to struggles that people are having. I find that this comes up a lot with couples in terms of like, we are not going to be in a relationship with our clone. That is why we are attracted to this person often is because they are different from me. Um, How do I allow for the truth of who they are to exist within the context of this partnership, right? Like I think relationships stop functioning well when someone is suppressing aspects of themselves Mm -hmm. in order to, you know, keep the peace. Keep it together. Absolutely. And that, that's not sustainable. And that's mm-hmm. not to our point, you know, that doesn't mean that there aren't compromises that need to be made. That doesn't mean that like, I don't do sometimes things I don't want to do for my partner. But I think ultimately, if like, I have to consistently be someone I am not in order for this relationship to survive. No, it's not my relationship. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. Something to consider. We'll see as things open back up more. We'll see what this compromise like, looks here like. Here we go. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and like we talked about, I mean, it's a romantic relationship, but also, it, like we just said, it shows up in friend relationships too. And it's also really important to, I think, put words to it. Yeah. And, you know, if you are an introvert, you run out and find yourself an extrovert who understands no, no. You, you don't run out and find an extrovert. That's... The extrovert finds you. <laughs> Fair let's enough. Be, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> Real talk, that is true. I was sitting in a corner hiding when you came and pulled me out and demanded that we were going to be friends. That's right. Okay, that's it. how it works. Yeah. No, that's true. But yeah, I think it, it ends up, you know, working really well if you have an extroverted friend who, who you know, is able to sort of like maybe roll their eyes for a second, but also understand this is just who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Good conversation, I guess, to keep digging into more. Mm.
Thanks for having me. <laughs> It's happening. I'm so excited. Uh, We're bringing it back after high demand. We're doing our second retreat from self-abandonment to inner belonging. Yeah. I feel like this first retreat experience for both of us, I'm going to speak for both of us, was just such a potent, powerful, moving time. Um, There were just like so many beautiful breakthroughs, so many... um, you know, ways that all of the people that came to the retreat spoke to us about like things that they understood that they had never really had a way to articulate for themselves or tools that they took away from the retreat that they didn't know how much they needed in their lives. Right. Yeah. And I think if you missed the last one, right. And you weren't able to come and you're interested June 25th to June 27th, we're hosting it again. And this is really for anybody who has any kind of trouble showing up as their authentic self, right? Do you struggle with setting boundaries? Do you struggle with people pleasing? Do you struggle with potentially numbing or hiding from your true self? Do you struggle with, I don't know, what you and I like to call some spiritual bypassing? Are you like, it could be worse or positive vibes only. Let's not think about the negative, right? Which we see so often in our culture today. Um, Are you interested in doing some shadow work, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a big thing right now. And I, I think obviously Danae and I being depth psychologists, this is a really important topic for us. So we're really excited to bring this to you all again. Please join us June 25th, June 27th. And you guys can sign up at vanessabennett.com backslash retreats. Can't wait to see you there. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.